Jonathan, and welcome to another Cinderella miniseries. This month, we're looking at all three versions of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Joining me for this series is Lisa Fay, and normally we would probably go with a release order for a series like this, but we decided since the 1997 one was the version we were most familiar with, we would start there and then go back in time to the original from 1957, and then the first remake from 1965. So today, we're starting with the version I grew up with. I was 11 when the 1997 one was released, and I remember when it aired on TV. Back then, I taped a lot of movies that aired on the wonderful world of Disney on VHS, so I watched this one more than the original 1950 Disney version. And at the time, I had no idea that this was a remake, let alone the third version of a musical from the 1950s. And even though I discovered that fact quite a while ago, I still hadn't seen the other two, so it will be very interesting to compare the three. Now before we get into the episode, I will say that we recorded this first version back in May, so we referenced a few things that back then were in our future, but are now in the past. Not important to the overall conversation, but I figured I'd mention it so there's no confusion. Okay, let's get into one of my favorite versions of Cinderella, Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella from 1997 starring Whitney Houston and Brandy. Do you remember when this came out? I do, actually, because I was in college, and I know other people were watching it, but I was just, I wasn't a big TV watcher back in college because I had other things going on, and so I do remember when it came out, though. Yeah. So when did you first see it, then? Oh, um, when my kids were small, because we were, of course, in the whole Disney world, you know, like just anything and everything, and so I just, you know, I was like, let's watch this Cinderella, and... I think we only watched it a couple times and then, you know, I wish I was part of the crowd that was really into it when it happened because when they had their reunion, it was so cute. And I know all the people that were super into it then just like absolutely just freaked out. And I was like, that's so cool. I just, I can't claim to be one of them. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put it out false pretenses here, <laughs> but I was aware of it. Yes. I don't know that I would call myself like a super fan of this one, but I watched it when it came out. Like, I remember being excited for it. I taped it when it was on The Wonderful World of Disney. So I had it on VHS, taped off the TV, and I rewatched it a bunch of times that way. This has always been one of my favorite versions of Cinderella. Probably this and the movie Ever After. Do you know which one that one is? Are we the same person? Yes, are we the, cause <laughs> the, I'm exactly the same as you. These are my two favorite adaptations. Like, period and it's hard because whenever i do watch a cinderella i compare it to ever after like that's the original story when i know it's not but it mm. seems like it should be so yeah <laughs> yeah because i remember i'm sure i watched the original disney one when i was a kid but it was never like a favorite like i liked it well enough but i didn't re-watch it a bunch but with this one and ever after I watched it a bunch of times. And then later on, Ella Enchanted was another favorite, even though that's not like that's Cinderella, but it's with a twist, right. you know? Yeah. But this one was, and Ever After are the two that I would say are the ones that I grew up with. 
Well, I do love, I do love this one. It's, I think it's very fun. Um, and it's, it's funny because the, like the animated Cinderella, mm-hmm. I had that in a, a little golden book with, you know, the little, with the gold side, you know what I mean? The children's book yeah, version. Yeah. And that Duke that would, uh, you know, walk around and, and try, let everybody try on the glass sip, slipper. I don't know why, but as a kid, he freaked me out. I thought he was so <laughs> scary looking. And so when, when I'd watch the animated version, I would just like freak out. Cause I was like, he is so scary. And I don't know why, cause now as an adult, I look at, him like, what was I thinking? But as a kid, I was terrified of him. <laughs> different kids have different triggers i guess (laughs) weird. i don't know why yeah (laughs) yeah some kids get scared of the strangest stuff that's hilarious i would like (laughs) rush and like skip over those pages in the book i remember being like oh god it's it's him and just (laughs) bypass that page (laughs) oh that's great but luckily that didn't luckily that didn't happen in this movie because i love everybody in this movie and i forget like it's been quite a long time like my kids are teenagers now so it's been quite a long time since i've watched the brandy you know whitney houston one mm-hmm. and i'd forgotten how many like big names were in this and so i'm like oh my gosh yes and then as soon as like you know the beginning credits are coming when they're telling you who's in it and i'm like oh my god yes oh i forgot oh i forgot you know and i was just like <laughs> yes like i don't know why i didn't realize because i was like oh yeah jason alexander hello you know victor garber hello i mean i remembered uh-huh. like Whoopi goldberg and bernadette peters i remembered those but i just yes. you know when i was when i was a teenager i didn't I knew who Jason Alexander was, obviously, because of Seinfeld, but it wasn't like, I was like, oh my God, look, there's Victor Garber. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think uh, Victor Garber wouldn't have meant anything to me as a kid, but I like him now. No. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it was like, it was so fun. And I just, and I'm not going to lie, from the moment that Whitney Houston appeared on screen, I I mean, I've loved her forever. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger and she was like very very popular i had her stuff on cassette you know because that's how old i am and <laughs> like seeing her on screen and as soon as she started singing i literally like teared up i was like so <laughs> i was just like so caught up in it because she was so like incredibly like just talented like otherworldly and so mm-hmm. anytime she starts singing i'm always like blown away and it just it really like unlocked like a core memory of like being a kid and being like Oh my God, that's Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was yeah. perfect for the fairy godmother. Apparently, the original plan was for her to be Cinderella, but a, this movie was in production for so long that by the time they actually got around to making it, she felt like she was a bit too old. So she was like, I'll be the fairy godmother. Let's find somebody else to do Cinderella. Because she's also oh, a producer. Really? So she's she's one of the people making this movie. Yeah, I did know that that i did not know that she had originally planned to play cinderella that would make sense though because i bet she would have been a kick-ass cinderella she would have been great yeah but i do love brandy as cinderella she's like i don't think i knew brandy for me like i wasn't like i like disney music when i was a kid i didn't like a lot of regular pop music so like i knew the name whitney houston but i didn't know her music i didn't know who brandy was but so this movie is how i know whitney houston and brandy (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't, Um, I mean, I knew Brandy, but I wasn't, you know, a big fan at that point. By the time I reached college, I was, you know, we all go through these phases. I was <laughs> super into, I was super into like classic rock of like the 60s because I found my dad's old mm. vinyl records and he had a ton of like 
Creedence albums and like like all that whole thing. And so I was super into that. And so I kind of turned my back to pop music for a while. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of weird phases of music too. My my most weird phase was like European pop, like Euro pop, like the really bubblegum electric. <laughs> yeah. I haven't listened like, to much of what, that in years, know? but I that was a, a really strong phase for a while. Yes, we all have those hidden ones. I mean, I went through phases where I was like super into like Motown and then, you know, 60s mm-hmm. and then at, at some point like hardcore like punk, I, you know, it, we it college it'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I really really enjoyed this. Like I said it'd been a number of years since I watched and I remembered it being so like not really camp because that's not really the right word, but just over the top, I guess, like in set design yes. and like all the and colors costumes. and all of that. Just, yes, just, you know, very outlandish, but it works. It's surprisingly, it works. It's not mm-hmm. corny. It, it works in the way that like the current, like if you think of today, like Descendants, like that whole Descendants franchise, it's so almost garish and like over the top, but it works. It's really <laughs> fun. And I thought it worked for the, you know, and I, it was just fun. Everybody, you know, actually brought it like they weren't phoning it in you mm-hmm. know some of these larger names they weren't really phoning it in i thought whoopi goldberg was hilarious with her little i love all her squeaks her, <laughs> yes her high-pitched squeaks like <laughs> instead of answering i it was cracking me up and it was a little you know it was a little um shocking because i was like oh yeah bernadette peters plays a villain and she's usually the goofy one the comic relief and so that was a little jarring, but it worked. Like I said, all of it I thought really worked really well. And I had a lot of fun with it. I was like, yes, this is what I remember. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the stepsisters? Well, <laughs> all I think <laughs> I had forgotten that. Um, what is her name? Um, not Minerva. The um, Calliope? Yes. Calliope and Minerva are the two stepsisters. Right. So the woman who plays Calliope, I, every time I see her in anything, all I think about is her in You've Got Mail, where she's talking to Meg Ryan and she's like, this is sort of thing that that nut of the, the Observer would write about. And she's like, what? What nut? And she's like, Frank something. And that's her boyfriend. Just the face that she makes when she's in that scene. And that's all I ever think about. So the whole time I'm like, that's her from You've Got Mail. <laughs> and I couldn't stop thinking about that. Um, but, you know, I thought I thought they were funny and, you know good stepsisters yeah that was vn cox as the one you're talking about and natalie decel as minerva Mm -hmm. and they're great they were great i mean yeah yeah minerva is probably one of my favorite characters of the movie she's just (laughs) hilarious (laughs) at the end when when she's batting her eyelashes at him trying to get him to like look at her i was dying laughing i was like this (laughs) was cracking me up so yeah, they I thought they played the perfect mix of, you know, bossy but also kind of dumb. Yes. <laughs> for for a lot of versions of Cinderella, that's kind of the go-to thing is having them be hilariously dumb. <laughs> and they <Yes>. were perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. They were making me laugh each time and then <laughs> you know, every time that they try to outdo each other, oh, well if you're doing this, then I'm doing it. It was, it was cracking me up. I was like, yes. I also love how they, <laughs> the way that they dress reminds me of the Mad Hatter. 
<laughs> yes. Ooh, good call. But yes. just everything about them is just completely over the top ridiculous. You're right. And the, the mother, too, to some extent, she's not quite as ridiculous as the stepsisters, but the first dress that the stepmother is wearing, it's like she's wearing a pair of pants under the dress, but she has both legs in one leg of the pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes. I was trying to think of the other stepsisters from other versions, and the only ones right now I can think of is from Ever After, and of course... They were unintentionally funny. I thought they were funny, but not dumb. They were just very funny to me. But yeah, these these two had a really good balance, and I enjoyed them a lot. Well, the ones that come to mind first are the the two Disney versions, the original and the live action remakes, and they're kind of just idiots, <laughs> but hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen so far. I you know. I've seen the, you know, the animated version. I've seen, of course, Ever After. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Ella Enchanted, even though it's kind of a, you know, a, a play on it. And then, of course, this one. And then um, the, what is it, Lily James, that one? Yeah. Is that her name? Lily James? That's the only one I've ever, that's the only other one I've ever seen. Yeah. that's. And honestly, that's... I've only seen that once. I don't, I remember enjoying <laughs> it, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. I've seen it a couple times. I would say it's one of the better ones of the live action remakes, but that's not really a high bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm not even one of the people who hates the live action remakes, but <laughs> they haven't had very many surefire winners, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, they're they're fun for what they are, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's... Yeah. Yeah, it's been very hit or miss. <laughs> so far, mostly misses, but eh, to each their own. <laughs> I am looking forward to Little Mermaid, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, too. And and the Peter Pan one, it's out, but I haven't watched it yet. I, the trailer looked actually good. I was shocked for Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't mentioned the prince. We have Paolo Montalban, who I'm not really familiar with. This would probably be the only thing I've seen him in. Same. And I feel like he came from the stage and maybe he went back to the stage. I don't know for sure because I didn't I don't follow a lot of this story or, you know, this movie. But um, I've seen the reunion pictures between him and Brandy and they look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, you can tell that they're older, but they look exactly the same and they're both like gorgeous mm -hmm. people. And it's just. I'm like, holy cow, y'all look exactly the same. He was so cute, too. Like, he was that perfect blend of, you know, charming, yes, of course, because he's supposed to be. But, you know, he could sing. And, again, I thought no one phoned it in. And I thought he did a really good job, you know, and very mm -hmm. swoony, very, you know, smiley, but not corny, not cheesy. He was a really good Prince Charming. Because a lot of times it oh can gosh, be hard yes. to do Prince Charming without being a ham. Yes. I don't know why, for some reason, the one that's coming to mind is the Shrek Prince Charming, but that's, they're not all, like, that bad, but... Right. But, yeah, he was good. Well, I always think, because I, I know that this was, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein, I, I understand that, but I always think as, you know, growing up, the animated version where the prince is just basically, like, a background character. <laughs> He's, He's just only there. He's only there for like his father five is minutes. more of a character than he is. <laughs> yes. And he's like 
just you know some dark hair and like two like dark patches for eyes and you you know it's just very fuzzy mm-hmm. and so i like it when we get a lot more of you know in these other versions you know where you get a lot more of his family and you know you get to see all the behind the scenes and how they're just like desperate for him to get married and i think how old is he y'all need to just don't worry about it he's got time <laughs> all these kids have time all these kids are like teenagers in the story just relax <laughs> i'm trying to remember exactly the line that i mean unless i'm thinking of sleeping beauty something about what year it is but like the not getting any younger or something i don't remember what oh. the line is exactly <laughs> but yeah the back then it, it, like in real life i suppose it would have been much more of a worry yeah now i'm like you're fine <laughs> yeah with all the streaming services and like uber eats nobody needs to get married ever (laughs) i'm like who needs that (laughs) well i suppose we can get into the story of the movie itself sure the main story really gets going after there's like a whole montage at the beginning starts with fairy godmother popping up and singing the first bit of impossible and then you get like a view of the town and kind of an introduction to the characters and then you have the prince and cinderella meeting in the marketplace and i like i i think i always kind of compared this to aladdin because it was kind of the same situation where the prince is doing his pulling a jasmine pretending to be a commoner just to get out of the palace right (laughs) exactly i think the song that is in this scene is the sweetest sounds and that one's a really iconic one and it's kind of an accidental duet with them because they're both singing the same song but in different parts of the town right i just love brandy like i love how i don't know if this is the right word but how soft she you know is in this Mm, role and like her voice and just her look and just how sweet she is and how like immediately they're just like drawn to each other so i love the beginning of this Mm -hmm. when they first meet yeah and i like that they actually meet instead of just like love at first sight at at the palace and then they're going to get married i like that they have the meet earlier than that right and you can tell they actually like each other because they actually have a moment to sort of talk to each other here yeah and then we get to see the whole part where you know he goes home and obviously he's changing and so now we realize you know he's not just a dude in the market he's you know Mm -hmm. a prince I like that little scene when he's in there and he's getting dressed again. And isn't that, I think that's when we first meet Jason Alexander, who's doing a terrible accent. I don't know why he's doing that accent. It's just, it's, it's not necessary. No one else is. I I was just going to say, he he really doesn't need to, because nobody else is doing any sort of an unnatural accent. Just him. Maybe they thought it'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was funny, but... (laughs) I'm like, Jason Alexander is funny on his own, just being himself. You don't need to throw an extra shtick on it. Like, you don't need to, like, layer it or anything. He's, he can just be himself. <laughs> yeah. And I also love the scene with him and his parents. And like I said, his mother's squeaks when he's, when he doesn't want the ball to be thrown in his honor to meet a woman. <laughs> yeah. And just the little the noise she, she just... makes. <laughs> oh my gosh and the way she like looks at her husband like hello and he's like oh yeah um what (laughs) 
And I, I, this is probably not iconic to anyone but me, but the, when she says, Max, my smelling salts. <laughs> <laughs> and he totally ignores her. <laughs> yes. And this eventually leads to The Prince is Giving a Ball, which is another iconic song. I think that I can't remember which ones, but there are some songs that were written for this version, but this is not one of them because this is in older versions too. I haven't fully watched the other two yet, but I know this is in at least one of the other versions and it's a really good song. I love the when the, they were reciting the names, like they have so many names. Yes. So I don't think I've actually seen one of the actual musical like the you know the Roger Hammerstein like the original I don't think I've ever actually seen one with the songs like that so all of you know watching this originally and then of course on the rewatch I, I didn't know like you know I don't know the, like the songs like that so I'm um, I'm guessing that some of them are added in I just don't know which ones so it's gonna be interesting to watch the other ones and be like oh yeah there's that song mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see if any of them like I kind of, I feel like I'm going to end up being biased and just say this one is the best one because it, it's the one I grew up with. But it'll be interesting well, yeah, to see if any of the ones in the other one like turn out to be like super amazing. If if either of them do, I feel like the one with Julie Andrews has the most potential. But we'll see. Right. I have a feeling I'm going to be biased well, yeah. in this one's favorite when we're done with going through all these. Agreed, because you know, like I said, it's Whitney Houston. You yeah. can't go wrong. There she is at the end, just belting it out. And I'm just like sitting on the couch, like my eyes are watering. Cause I'm like, oh, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I was like devastated when she died. So yeah, seeing her again, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like bringing up like deep childhood memories here. Yeah, she's great. Then you also go and see Cinderella's home life. They get home and she's basically getting berated for not doing the chores, even though they made her go shopping with them. Right. Which leads to In My Own Little Corner, which is another iconic song. And I'm not going to say all the songs are iconic because there's only a few like at the very beginning. There's like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. I remember this one. I remember this one. There's some later that I was like, oh, I forgot about that song. (laughs) But this one, I feel like, is one of the iconic ones from this movie. Right. And this scene I love so much because I remember watching it the first time and being obsessed with her little bed, like in the corner and then like that fireplace and then like the chair because obviously that's where she like sleeps and basically lives and i remember thinking oh my god that is so cute like i would want to live there and i'd just you know forgotten about it and so when i was watching it again i'm like oh that's right there's her little (laughs) bed in the corner and i'm like oh it's so cute (laughs) i just want that for like a little reading nook or something (laughs) i don't know why i thought about this but like the whole point of this song is She's imagining a better life and imagining herself in all these different scenarios of all these things that she could be if she weren't here. And one of the things that she imagines is that she's a mermaid. And it suddenly flashed in my head. I was like, Brandy should play the mother in the new Little Mermaid movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) She looks a little bit like Halle Bailey. I think she could be a perfect mermaid mother. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I did notice that, too, um, because of all the, you know, all of the... um, little mermaid hype that when she was like when she said that in the song i'm like oh little mermaid yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had the same thought apparently <laughs> yes because i'm super excited for it and so yeah that was one of the things that jumped out at me on this rewatch i'm like oh, she could have been the little mermaid <laughs> after this you go back to the 
prince at the palace and there's a scene between him and Lionel as the prince is still upset that the ball was happening and Lionel says I probably should not interfere probably <laughs> <laughs> and they keep knocking him off that ladder it's yes. <laughs> And Lionel suggests that they go through with everything to please the parents, but to please the prince, he says, if he doesn't actually find love, then they should let him find his own love his own way. And then you get more squeaks out of the queen. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like perfect timing each each time she did it. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. That just cracked me up so much. Every squeak. It was just great. I loved it. I'm like, I need to know who was behind that because it was perfect. <laughs> then you get, I'm assuming that a lot of this movie happens in montage because I really don't have any idea how much time is passing between scenes because you have the scene of the stepsisters getting ready, even though it seems like they just found out that this is happening and now the ball is like actually happening now. So I'm assuming this is right. like several days later but it feels like it's just a couple hours later <laughs> yes it just goes one next to it which i appreciate i'm like move it along we don't need a, we don't we don't need to draw this out i mean it's a pretty we all know the story so. mm -hmm. and it's a musical so the music can hide the passage of time within a montage right <laughs> yes and you get a scene here that i i think this is where like, I know it's a trope that, like, corsets are so painful, and I know that in some cases they can actually alleviate pain, but I think this is one of the scenes that, as a kid, I just assumed that corsets were a form of torture <laughs> because <laughs> of the mother trying to get Minerva into this corset. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I There's no way. Like, I, I think about, I'm like, I think, like, could I have done? No. Like, like I don't even like, I don't even like jeans. And those are just jeans. Like, I don't like anything like that. I need all my pants to be elasticated. I can't imagine having to wear, like, a corset or a state, anything like that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I would get too hot. Ugh. For real. <laughs> and you get some stuff here with the stepsisters. Minerva is permanently itchy when she's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> she also likes to recite poetry and wants to recite poetry to the prince. And Calliope just wants to charm him with infectious laughter, which is just a series of snorts. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I know we're gonna get to it, but when she actually comes when it comes to that part and she's he's like, Are you okay? <laughs> and then of course the line, we hide our flaws until after the wedding. <laughs> Best line of the whole movie. <laughs> and Cinderella thinks that they should show the prince who they really are. And then tells them what her ideal meeting of the prince would be, complete with hand kissing. The stepsisters love it, but the stepmother thinks it's rubbish, which leads <laughs> to the song Falling in Love with Love. And this is where I think the most of the montage is happening is through this song. I have no idea how much time is passing. Right. It's kind of a blur. But they leave for the ball at the end of all of this. And that's when it's going to happen. We're going to meet Whitney Houston. <laughs> Yes, you get a reprise of In My Own Little Corner. She's imagining herself at the party. And I love the line in the reprise, the color on my two stepsisters' faces is a queer sort of sour apple green. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, of course, she wishes to go to the ball, and the fairy godmother appears. And I like yes. her line, if you want to get out of here, you're going to have to do it yourself. I like that they emphasize that. 
Because a lot of people say that Cinderella is extremely passive, which I can see how they would get that idea. But if you're really paying attention to most versions, she does try to do things for herself. But I like that they really emphasize that in this version, like having to go out and be proactive in getting yourself out of this situation. Right. Agreed. I I did like that. And I did notice that because that's one of the reasons why I like Ever After so much is, you know, she busts herself out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, uh, I'm here to save you. <laughs> She's like, great. So I do, I, you know, I do, I did notice it in this version and I do appreciate it. I'm like, yes, I'm with you. And this is where you get probably my favorite song of the whole movie, Impossible. Whitney Houston, of course. Yes. And you get turning the pumpkin into a carriage and the mice into horses and coachmen. It's one of those things where you can tell this was CGI in the 90s on a TV budget, but I think they did it well enough that it is it has aged better than other similar CGI of the time. I think that it's one of the much better examples of this kind of thing. You know, it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about that when I was watching it because normally stuff like this, you know, it's it's easy to poke fun at and it's easy to joke about because you're like, oh my gosh, look at how ridiculous this looks now. But I didn't mind it at all. And I was just like, oh, this is so charming because it's just mm-hmm. a memory of the time. And I still think it works. I thought it was very cute. I was like, oh, look at this. Like all of her, that, and especially at the end, well, I know we're going to get there, but especially at the end when she's floating, she's floating <laughs> above the castle. I mean, you know. I think it's... I think a lot of this is helped by the fact that the fairy godmother's magic has this specific mm-hmm. kind of sparkle to it. And I think that sparkle mm-hmm. can really hide any flaws that are in the special effects, whether it's having her be partially visible or having the pumpkin turn into a carriage. I think those sparkles both look cool, but hide flaws. And I think that's why this has aged better than other examples from the time. Yeah, I I liked it. And I feel like there was a scene maybe around this time when she's leaving, like she's either going to the ball or coming back when they show the the town because it's dark and quiet because i guess everyone's at the ball and i'm like is that a matte painting in the back <laughs> i'm like it okay, probably like was it. but yeah i, I like it because i mean that's how you did it you know mm-hmm. way way back in the day and i was like look at that you don't see those anymore so i was like oh look a matte painting <laughs> i kind of wish that you would see more of them because i feel like i don't know matte paintings just make things look better than trying to build everything in cgi like even the it best, is a lost art. Yes. Yeah. Even the best CGI at times you can still tell. And I just like matte paintings. <laughs> I do too. Like even a lot of the original Star Wars was matte paintings in the background. And they they still look yes. great. If you get a good enough artist, so you can really do something amazing. My husband and I always trying to point him out where <laughs> matte painting. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course you get the time limit. And she says, I don't make the rules. The magic only lasts until midnight. But then I was thinking, well, who does make the rules? <laughs> it's not <What>? explained. <laughs> it never is. It's like, well, the script says so, so I guess we have to. Yes. And then the song changes from impossible to it's possible, which of the songs, I think this is my favorite version of 
the impossible song especially the line impossible things are happening every day there's just something about the way she sings that it's just great yeah i love her then to the dance you have an extremely boring very choreographed dance it's the yeah it's very slow and dull but i loved that everyone is like so bored and minerva just screams i want a chance at him (laughs) i know because everybody i mean i get why they did it but everybody's dressed basically in the same shade and of course then Uh you know makes brandy stick out more you know but then of course the stepsisters stepsisters really stand out in these yes and so i get why they did it but yeah it's just it it is it's it's this very dark, dark purple that most people are wearing. And so, yes, it's a very, nobody's smiling. Nobody's, mm-hmm. everybody's just kind of going through the motions. And so I know that it's to set up, you know, the whole like, hey, look at Brandy comes in, everything turns, you know, lively. But yeah, it's, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. You have this, the king and queen trying to figure out whether their son is smiling or wincing. <laughs> <laughs> Victor Garber, that's a wince. <laughs> That you also get a scene with the stepmother trying to get Lionel to give her daughters a chance at the prince by trying to weirdly flirt with him and the the line that he has a wonderful head full of skin. (laughs) (laughs) It did get me. I did laugh. I I love the other exchange when he replies, you know, I honestly wish there was something between us. Really? Yes. A (laughs) continent. I'm like, you could have done all that without that goofy accent and it would have been much better. (laughs) And of course, the stepsisters do eventually get their chance. You have Calliope snorting uncontrollably. And Minerva furiously scratching her butt and trying to recite her line, ships that pass in the night and speak to each other in passing on the ocean of life. It's poetry! (laughs) It was so well-timed. I loved it. And then I had never realized how little time Cinderella had at the ball because she arrives at 11.15. So she only really Mm -hmm. gets 45 minutes there. And the fairy godmother tells you that she got her this far, the rest comes from you. And I love how when she goes in, everything is like dead silent. I thought that was great Mm -hmm. that they didn't put any music over that. It's just silent. I love a good silent moment in a movie. Agreed. So she and the prince dance while everyone is watching much faster and more graceful than the stiff dance from earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Various people think that they know her, but they can't figure out why they know her. And the stepmother is very suspicious at this point. And then you have the song, 10 Minutes Ago I Met You, which is one of the ones that I'd forgotten about. But I was like, this really just sounds like a Disney song. Yeah, it reminded me of um, Frozen when (laughs) they meet and within like a song, they're like engaged. And (laughs) you can't marry someone you just met. (laughs) I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, kind (laughs) of. Then you end up in a huge ballroom dance scene. This is this part of the movie kind of lost me. I was kind of bored and checking out at this moment. I ended up like, <laughs> I never do this, but for some reason at this moment, I was so bored. I started fan casting a remake. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the third remake of this movie. So I was like, well, they'll probably eventually make another one. Who would they get? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. 
the thing that I kept coming back to is the stepsisters. I don't know why, but like they reminded me of, did you watch the sequel to Enchanted, Disenchanted last year? The Amy Adams movie? No, I no, I haven't, but I probably the, should because I liked Enchanted. The the characters, the the main villain and the two I want to call them the stepsisters because that's who they reminded me of, but they're not stepsisters. It was kind of like her henchmen, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. The two that kept coming back to my head as characters that should be in a remake was Yvette Nicole Brown and Jama Mays <gasps> as the stepsisters. Yes. <laughs> because the, their Ooh. characters in Disenchanted just seemed similar enough to, to these two. It was like, that would be perfect. Okay, well, now I have to watch <laughs> so I can see. And then also Maya Rudolph was the, the main villain. I was <gasps> like, she would make a good stepmother. Oh, she would. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> and then I was also thinking, well, does that mean that Amy Adams and uh, Patrick Dempsey should be the prince and Cinderella? I was like, ah, I don't know. They're a little bit too old. Better think of somebody else. And I never settled on anybody, so... I just mainly, <laughs> I was just mainly thinking of the step family. <laughs> yeah, because those are the most fun to, yes. to try and figure out who could be, who could be like both evil and yet uh, also a little dumb. Yeah. In some cases. Oh, I just, I just had an idea, at least for Cinderella. I okay. have a lot of, um, China Ann McLean. She's, she's like a Disney star. She was on a show called Ant Farm. I know she was in one of those descendants movies but i haven't seen those i think she played like mm. an ursula relation oh okay yeah i know about. what you're talking about yes she could be yes. a good cinderella yes <gasps> yes oh i did like her if it's the woman i'm thinking about yes she's one of those that like i can't think of her name right now but she was the the youngest girl on the show jesse because there was a period of time, like when I was in my early twenties, my me and my cousin would just watch Disney Channel shows because we just wanted just to watch something silly and fun. So we just watched a whole bunch of right. Disney Channel shows that we were completely not the age group of. But the the show <laughs> Jesse, the youngest girl on there, she was like eight, and she's an adult now. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> oh yeah, trust me. Every time I turn around, some I'm like, oh yeah. That's right. I am older. <laughs> I think that was the yes. first person that I really noticed, like, be cut for, go from a child star when I was an adult to an adult when I was an adult that was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's so shocking, too, because you're just like, what? How is that possible? Because I still, like, anytime somebody's, like, 1990, I'm like, yeah, that was, like, 10 years ago. And the other day, like, not the other day, but, like, it wasn't too long ago that my kids were like did you know mom that like the 90s were like 30 years ago and i was like i don't want to hear that the, the 70s was 30 so years ago <laughs> meanest thing you've ever said to me period yeah i'm like thanks <laughs> it's just so shocking when you realize that yeah 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 Ugh, i'm with you <laughs> anyways where were we <laughs> <laughs> oh the dance because yes because you got bored with the dance you start fan casting but that's when they like end up dancing and all of a sudden the scene changes when they've danced outside and it's mm -hmm. just them two together the prince and and cinderella together and they're like having their little moment but then the stepsisters are in the bushes being like 
Oh, yeah. And that leads into that song, like, why does he want a plain girl like her? Yeah, I, I love I, the the line. <laughs> I don't remember what the song is called, but why would a fellow want a girl like her? The way they sang that, that was one of those things like, oh, yeah, I remember that from when I was a kid. The Just the, the <laughs> I don't know, the cadence of the voice is, why would a fellow want a girl like her? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like they were hiding in the bushes and it was making me laugh because all of a sudden, like they were having this moment and all of a sudden they just pop up and they're just there and then they start singing. And I just, I loved it. You also get a scene in here where the king and queen are like trading, dancing with Cinderella and the prince. And she kind of freaks out when she realizes that she's not who they think that she is. And she runs to find her fairy godmother and wants her to take her back home. But she basically gives her a pep talk, like, you don't want to quit now. And then the right. prince finds her, and she dis- the fairy godmother disappears. And they have a conversation, which turns into a song. Do I love you because you are beautiful, or are you beautiful because I love you? And then that song I kind of forgot about, but there's a line in there that I definitely remembered. Are you the sweet invention of a lover's dream, or are you really as wonderful as you seem? That song, that yeah. part of the song was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was very sweet. I I liked the, um, you know, I liked when they flipped back and forth. I I did like that song. Like I said, I'm not familiar with the actual songs. And so I was like, oh, I like this one. Yeah. And by the end of this one, you can tell that they're super in love. But of course, as it is wont to do, the clock begins striking and she runs. And I kind of liked that she's in rags before she's like fully out of the castle. She's like running down the stairs and she's back to her rags. She doesn't even make Same. it make it away. I, I liked that. Yep. And I liked that that song kind of kept going after she's left. They're still singing to and about each other. And then he finds no. the glass slipper. And then there was a scene here. <laughs> she's like running through the town. And you can see the castle behind her at the top of the mountain. I was like, how far and how long was she running? <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's where I saw the matte painting. Now that you say that, I'm like, yes, because I had the same thought. I was like, she ran all the way that like that by foot. But then like, what? Because she took that carriage there. So I'm like, so that was far. And then she came all the way back and no one noticed. Okay, you know, whatever. But that's when that matte painting was because I I remember thinking that like, oh, and there's a matte painting. Maybe this part of it's like 3 a.m. She's been running for three hours. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes when you leave a party, you just got to get home and you're like, I'll do whatever it has to, I have to do to get home. <laughs> and by the time she gets home, her family is getting home and her stepsisters are exaggerating their experience with the prince. Of course. It's saying how they danced with an hour, about an hour with them. And well, if you did, then I did too. <laughs> oh my gosh. They cracking me up. They're so goofy. <laughs> and then Cinderella describes what she imagines the ball was like. And then you get the song Lovely Night. And during this scene, the stepmother figures out what's going on. And this is where you get, like, Bernadette Peters going pure evil. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, yes. the, the step family mostly was just kind of goofy. But she's, like, she's awful in this scene. I still kind of like the stepsisters. Yes. I think they're potentially redeemable. But stepmother is not really after this. No, because I think the stepsisters are just clueless like they've yeah. just been raised clueless and they don't understand how kind of awful they treat people because they're just they're like what but mm-hmm. yeah the mom is just very plotting and conniving yes mm-hmm. 
she basically gives her a pile of chores and tells her she'll never be anything more than common and the thought of the prince with her is laughable so cinderella ends up outside crying and basically i think it's she's talking to her father who is not there her father has passed away years in the past and telling him that she knows she promised to stay with her family but she's changed and she deserves to be loved and she figured that out tonight and she's leaving <laughs> i know i love that part it's so sad <laughs> I was like so heartbroken for her and I know that it's all going to end well. Like I know what happens, but I'm still like in that moment, I was just like, oh, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then after this, you get a scene with the prince and Lionel. The prince gives Lionel the glass slipper and says they're going to try it on every girl in the kingdom until they find her. And then you get a feet montage. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said that because, you know, I'm just like somebody who's super into feet. This is probably like their favorite scene <laughs> in the movie because it's, and it's kind of. I have the same thought. I know, like, it, I don't know how true it is, but people always talk about Quentin Tarantino having a feet thing. Like, I haven't actually yeah. seen any of his movies, but I was like, if that's true, then he would love this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm like, ooh, I bet. Some people were like, uh, I need a stocking. I can't be one of these barefoot people because it was just like randomly like some barefoot people. And I just thought, I think there was awful. also a man and put in there. At the end, right? Yes. It did look like that, that was a very, very muscular, hairy leg, which to each their own. I'm like, yes, you go after it, man. I don't discriminate here. If you want the prince, go for it. But it, I, it did take me a minute because I'm like, did I just... Is that what I saw? But, you know, it. some of the footage, like, I don't know how your copy was because I watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, I but it too. seemed to just kind of, maybe it was just my internet connection was bad, but there were a couple of times when it just all of a sudden didn't look great, like in focus. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's just my the internet copy, connection. In there the have been people complaining about this. The copy on Disney Plus is, it seems to be just the standard non-high definition version we i don't even know if there is a high def version right there's gotta be somewhere in a vault somewhere somebody had i don't unless they didn't film on film i don't know if they had digital filming back then or not but you would think that they would but whatever's on disney right. plus does not seem to be the highest quality so i know what you're talking about no. yes it's not it's not yeah the greatest. and so that's why i was like did i see what i saw and then my next thought was okay i remember in the in the little golden book because i always used to skip over that page because he freaked me out the duke freaked me out <laughs> um he's there like by himself like taking the shoe around you know the countryside trying to like find for the prince so basically it's like okay you super love her but you're not going to go out and actually find her you're going to assign that to somebody else and make him go around and look for her and while you sit at the castle and so in this version he's with him mm -hmm. going around trying these you know we get that montage of all these feet and i'm thinking you need a shoe to recognize her? Why don't you <laughs> that, look that at is, their that's, faces? That's one thing that I've always thought does not make sense about the story of Cinderella. <laughs> I'm like, people just include it because it's tradition to have the shoe fitting scene. Yes! And it really does not make sense. The prince should be able to tell. Yeah, like, oh, it's you by your face. <laughs> not because this shoe fits your foot. It really was blatant this time because he was there watching. And I'm like... And he keeps looking down, like the whole time he keeps looking down at all the feet. And I'm like, you don't notice that that's not her? Like, that's <laughs> not her at all. <laughs> yeah, eventually he gets to Cinderella's house. And then you get the scene with the stepmother trying to lock Cinderella away. But I don't think Cinderella even really cares at this point because she's intent on leaving. 
So it doesn't do any right. good to lock the kitchen because she's gone or trying to get out anyway. I think she goes out a window to actually leave, not find the prince. And the, the mother wants to try it on too. And it seems to fit until it cuts off her circulation. <laughs> oh my gosh, which was so funny. And the thing is, is I'm like, you gave up too early because if I was trying to hide somebody, I wouldn't be like, I mean, I know that's the whole point is they're goofy and dumb and they're like what nobody's back here behind this door there's no door <laughs> the little shuffle thing about? where they tried to hide yeah, the door like, <laughs> and there's minerva with her hand up like trying to hide the door behind her arm and like no but you know of course well, what's back there nothing okay so it was kind of it was a little convoluted but i it, you know what i love it because that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be slightly goofy and mm-hmm. i was into it it's one of those things. I I think I've talked about this in other episodes for other movies. It's fairy tale logic, so I just go with it. <laughs> right, right. But I also loved after this when the stepmother is begging him just to take one of her daughters, and then they're trying to impress him. I loved <laughs> I Minerva flexing when she's called strong as an ox. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then she's batting her eyelashes at him at the same time, just very very. It was cracking me up and then of course he goes outside and you get kind of a repeat of their first meeting with her almost run over by a carriage and (sighs) she reintroduces herself and then tries on the shoe and then of course no (laughs) from the stepmother (laughs) i love that okay i take it back my favorite line is actually at the beginning when she tells him her name and he's like what and she's like well because i sit by the you know she tells him the whole thing i sit by the fire and i get it he's like oh i like that and she says you know it grows on you doesn't it and i was like oh that's the cutest thing ever and so (laughs) when they say it again at the end i was like you know (laughs) shrieking because i loved it yeah that was great and then of course they kiss and the fairy godmother appears and they get a song from whitney houston as they're getting ready and getting married and leaving together and mm. I, I loved the perfect even though it's it's kind of a dated special effect i just love her flying about the castle even though it's basically just her torso and a bunch of sparkles <laughs> me too i loved it i yeah. loved it yeah whitney houston has got to be my favorite fairy godmother of any movie that i've seen she's just seriously oh i loved it yeah she's perfect I don't know who plays the fairy godmothers in the other versions. It'll be interesting to see how they compare. I don't think they'll I don't think they'll be as good unless there's like some no. shockingly amazing person that I've <laughs> never heard of. <laughs> I can't imagine they'll beat Whitney Houston. No. But yeah, that's I, I was gonna call it the original, but no, it's not the original. It's like I said, this is the we third version the of original. this movie, but it's the original to me. <laughs> the other exactly. ones, the, the the earlier ones, are almost almost gonna feel like the remakes rather than this one. <laughs> I'm with you. It's gonna be like you know when you you grow up. Well, it's not gonna be like that because this is kind of backwards. But you know, you watch you know you, you the original Star Wars, and then they had the you know other episodes come out which we don't talk about those in this house you know and so then when you try and watch them in order it goes from like you know better technology back to the you know original but we still you know it's just it's whatever you want it to be whatever you want the first one to be and Mm -hmm. this could be the first one for us we could just be like yes this is the original we don't need (laughs) 
That's why I wanted to start this series with this one, because I knew that once we get to the other ones, I'm just going to be comparing it to this one. So I was like, even though normally I like to start with the original and then move on to the remakes, I was like, we just need to do this one first, because this is the one I grew up Mm -hmm. with, because I know when we do do the other ones, they're just going to get compared to this one. So we might as well do this one first. (laughs) I think that that was an excellent idea because I agree with you. And I think it was like I said at the beginning where watching this, I kept comparing it to Ever After, even though that's, you know, it complements it. You know what I mean? And so I had to be like, no, this is not the, you have to go back to the, like, it's a musical. It's not, (laughs) it's not Drew Barrymore being, you know, cute in a field. So we can, we can call this the original. Um, We can do whatever (laughs) we want. Yes. You can do whatever you want. It's your podcast. You do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think this will probably be a good place to end this episode, but we will be back next week with another one talking about what is actually the original one. It'll be weird to see what it's like, but I'm sure it'll be good. It's Julie Andrews, so it's got to be good in its own way. It does, because you're right. Julie Andrews, I mean, come on. And I'm very much looking forward to it because even though, yes, I am going to compare it i'm excited to see the true you know the true og and compare Mm -hmm. it i am excited so it'll be fun well until then do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you well first of all thank you very much for asking me because this has been a delight i mean it's been honestly years and years since i've even thought okay you know what i lied because i watch ever after all the time but (laughs) like when it comes down to like the actual like cinderella story it's been years and so to dive back into this has been like super fun and so thank you for asking me and thank you for letting me join you and yes i actually have a i mean it's not new new but I'm back on it again. It's called Which Was Better, where I compare books and their movie adaptations. And so you can find me on Instagram at Which Was Better. That's pretty much the only place I'm at now. Well, if somebody likes my Every Version Ever podcast, then they might enjoy that as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, we will talk to you next time. Thank you and bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.